0: Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also little There were also with him other little ships. Excuse me. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own precious word. But let's just bow again in a word of prayer. Father, take your word now and pray, Lord, that you'll make it come alive to our hearts. And Father, you'd encourage your people, speak to us, lead us and guide us through thy word. Thy word is truth. We pray, Lord, that you would just, Lord, move and mantle yourself on every single one. Lord, quicken our hearts afresh to receive the engrafted word which is able to save the soul. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we ask it for his glory. Amen. If you remember last week when we looked at this, we seen how the Lord Jesus in one instance is pushed out on in a boat onto the sea because of the crowds that are around him. He's jostled, he's pushed upon. Basically, they're throwing themselves upon him. If you remember, I was showing it that the actual term that they pressed on him means he was, uh, he was nearly in danger. There were so many gathering around him. So he's in a house. He's on the shore. He, he gets into a boat. He's back on the shore. He's in the house. He's, in, he's all over the place. And he's moved about with these crowds. And there's to, no room about the door or even outside. The place is packed with people. Jam-packed. And so the Lord, he says after sending away the multitude... He says to the disciples to get into a ship or a boat and to go to the other side. The word he uses is to pass over. Notice he didn't say go sink under. He says you're going to pass over. If the Lord had a says maybe you'll make it, then you'd have something to worry about. Or something to fear. If the Lord had us said to them, We're not sure if you're going to make it or not, but tread any high boys, then there would be an instability and in, if you want their salvation in this storm. But he never said that. The Lord says to the disciples in our reading, look at it in verse thirty five at the end, let us pass over unto the other side. Here was the word spoken, and so the word of the Lord will not return unto him void. It won't be empty. It'll never return fruitless. That everything that the Lord says in his word, he means, and he means what he says. And when the Lord speaks into you and to your life, then you and I can take the word of the Lord, take the promises of God and the covenants of the Lord, knowing that he will indeed perform that which he has spoken. You can't perform it. I can't perform it. He performs it. Yet he performs it within men and women. Whenever the Lord says to pass over, he was telling them, you're going to make it. You're going to go over to the other side. When he tells them to pass over, he's saying, there's nothing will cause you to sink. You're passing over. And of course, the storm comes. Uh, it comes down into the valley, down the hills. attacks them right in the sea. And of course, the waves start to come into the ship, and the Lord, he's so exhausted, we're told, that the disciples carry him as a human, as a man, they carry him exhausted and put him into the ship, and so he falls asleep. And the great thing is that he understands our frailty, because God became flesh. He understands our frailty, and as God, he knows all about us, but as man or as human, he understands our frailty. And so he's asleep in the ship, in the hinder part of the ship. The waves are coming in. The disciples are are starting to fear. And so they go, and we know the stories. We have read it. They wake him up. We looked last week at how he sits in a ship. He sleeps in a ship. And yet we're told in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, of another storm they're in. And he walks to them upon the water. So why not just walk out onto the water and show your deity? Why sit on a ship and teach them? Because as I said, there's a time for the Lord to show his glory in your life. There's a time of revelation. And truth is revealed to be obeyed. Revelation is what you'll find. God shows you more of himself. But that comes with responsibility. Brother, sister, I want you to know we always ask for more of God. We always ask, Lord, increase our faith. But whenever the Lord goes to increase your faith and the Lord comes to reveal himself to you in a a deeper way and reveal himself more to you, you, be ready. Because whenever he does that, there's responsibility that comes with it. Surprise you how many people who come up even to stand on a platform, whether they're giving their testimony and they're seeking God, especially, uh, you know, because they're not maybe used as public speaking. So they seek the Lord so much and they're really praying and seeking God's face and they're rehearsing their testimony and they're telling it to their spouse or to their friends or and they're going over it and over it and over it, over it and over it in their mind. And by the time they come here, the Lord really uses them and the Lord blesses them and the word goes out how God has saved them by as much as grace And then that week they find after that that they're hit with all the hordes of hell. Or when someone moves in a spiritual gifting, it's the same. Or when we come to a place of worship and the Lord moves mightily and someone receives something of God and after that it's as though the hordes of hell have come against you. Or when someone comes to bring a word and they think, well, you know what, I'm going to study and bring the word in. Uh, 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 and even talking to some of the guys in here who have brought the word before uh, and maybe uh, uh, have brought a Bible study, they'll tell you that they're studying for it. When they bring it, they they feel the, the, the anointing of it and they know the release of it. But after it, you're hit with everything. This is not to fear you, but to drive you further into God. But the further you get into him, the more opposition you'll come against. Now here is where the rubber hits the road. And here's where the wheat is sorted out from the chaff. This is where the, the gold is tried in the fire. And all the dross comes to the top and is scraped off. And here's where men stumble and women stumble and fall because they get so far and they're going on so, so good and then suddenly something hits them and there's a test and there's a trial and they start to Fear. If fear drives you away from the Lord, if fear drives you away from him instead of to your knees, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction. You know, every time, Lord, I take a step out for you, I, I, I know you bless blessed, but I also feel the curse of it. and sisters, do you not know that you're in a spiritual warfare? Do you not know what Paul says to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Do you not know that he tells us to wherefore put on the whole armor of God? And the armor of God has no back parts. It's all front armor. You know why? Because you don't turn your back on the enemy. You stand and face him in Jesus' name. Do you not know that you're already an overcomer? You have to learn to use your equipment and your tools. David tried on Saul's armour and he couldn't use it and he tried his, he took his trusty slingshot and he slayed the giant. God equips us with our own weapons. He gives us His weapons for us to use in our own warfare. And until you become trained and used to it, you're going to find that you don't know what to do. Is it coming against you? Is your boat being filled with water this morning? Has your boat been seeing the waves crash in and you see the water line getting higher at the sides of your boat and you think, are, 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 are the, our family's going to sink. My, my faith is sinking. My marriage is sinking. My, uh, my hope is sinking. My faith is sinking here, Lord. Do you not care, Lord? Are you sleeping and you don't hear my cry? The whole point of this is that you will receive the word of God and the authority of God's word is what will keep you going on. Now you know me, I love to worship. Now listen, I don't listen to a lot of music, Christian music, any, any music. But I don't listen to a lot of worship music. And that's okay for those who do. I'm not saying anything against that. But I don't. I'm always listening to the word. You go into my car right now, there's a preacher on. You go into my car anytime. time, there'll be a preacher on it. You go into my study and hit my computer, there's a preacher on it preaching to me while I'm sitting writing. And I live in that atmosphere of the word all the time. See, I can worship here. And I know God moves, and I praise the Lord for it, and I thank God for it. But know where my worship is? My worship is in the word. His word fortifies me. And it's the word which is the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. For thus saith the Lord, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The devil doesn't like it. Jesus spoke to the wind, and he spoke to the waves or the sea, and it was muzzled. I was caught out last week when I said that word. I'm not going to get caught out this week, just in case. I said, instead of being quiet, I said what the Lord said. Starts with shut and ends with up. And the child was sitting down in the back, and I thought he was out. He said to me at the door, I heard you. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, you see, the authority of the word is this. The authority of the word of God is this is when you learn the word. People say, Well, why do I need to study? Why should I need to read? Why should I need to take in the word? Why sit with it every day? Why do you preach it so much? Why do you expound it so much? Why do you go so far into it? Why do you try and explain it so much? Why is there so much of the word? I'll tell you why. Because it's this word that engrafted into the soul will bring you to heaven. That's why. It's this word that changes nations. It's this word that changes Christians and changes people it's the word of God living in us it's the word of Christ dwelling in us richly these men were told the word of Christ let us he says in verse 35 let us pass over onto the other side what's that there Daniel what are you doing to him you standing that chair down in there let us pass over onto the other side. You're a bad daddy. <laughs> Let us pass over. He says, Here's my word spoken. You're going over, you're going to make it. Are you taking this brother this morning? Are you taking this sister? whose boat's being filled with water this morning. It's so simple. Are you listening to the word of the Lord? Don't listen to the voice of a man. Are you listening to what God's word says? You're going to make it. You're going over this. You're victorious in it. That which others sink in, you're able to go across in the word of the Lord. And the storm that comes, and the wind that blows, and the rain that beats... And the waters which get high and the levels coming up and fear tries to entrap you. But listen, the Lord says, you're going to make it. He says, my word for you is this. You're going over, not under. You're going over, not under. Can you see these men, fishermen, struggling with the waves, now realizing after all these years at sea, I'm going to sink at this part. We're going to sink at this time of our lives. Sometimes in your Christian faith, you say, you know, after all this time, I went on for all these years and now I'm sinking. I'm sinking, Lord, do you not care? Are you sleeping? Remember what we showed you last week. When men looked at Jesus, they saw a man. But when they looked through the eyes of the Spirit, he says to Peter, Flesh and blood hath not revealed us unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. When they saw him as to his deity, they knew he was Almighty God. Sometimes we say, "Lord, why are you not walking on the water and showing us your mighty power and your glory that you are Almighty God?" And you know, the Lord would maybe uh, come in certain ways and in different ways that we think that He's going to come, maybe from the left hand, He'll come from the right, as it were. And He comes quietly, but yet just as powerfully. Elijah after slaying the prophets of Baal and seeing the fire fall down from heaven and consuming the altar and the sacrifice, and uh, 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 he hears a word from, from, from Jezebel, Ahab's wife of the northern house of Israel, the king of Israel's wife, and she's a Zidonian witch. That's basically what she was. She says, wickedness was hanging over and she says, I'm going to kill Elijah. Now he's already seen the fire from heaven consume the stone and consume the water and consume the wood, and consume the sacrifice and consume the blood. He's seen the fire of God come down and he slays 450 prophets of Baal and he's on top of the world. He's in revival blessing. But one negative word's enough to send him under a tree in depression. Mentioned this the other week, isn't that right, preacher? When you've preached and there's so many at the door or wherever meeting you after it and saying, that spoke to me, that helped me, that encouraged me, it well, convicted me, but I've got to do something about it. That was a good word and, oh, we are seeing Christ in that. And that's all we want people to see is the Lord Jesus Christ. But whenever people say it the way out and you're shaking hands and, well, oh, thank you very much, that was good. It was not of me, it's all of Him and we're given the whole rhetoric and, you know, and we're encouraged by it, but yet one person come out and saying, you were know, just too long. <laughs> you know what it's like? It's like a white sheet being washed, And one little black dot on it. A wee minute dot. And all you can see is that little white dot, a black dot on a white sheet. It's ruined a whole lot. Is that all you can see, the negative? Look at the whole whiteness of the sheep, but we're focused in on the black dot. But look at that. But look at this. Look at that. Isn't that true? In all of our lives. Or what about when you ask someone home for a meal and you've slaved hard over it and you bring it out and someone says, oh, this looks lovely. I don't like sweet corn. Or the meat was a wee bit dry, wasn't it? just ruins your whole meal. Well, it wouldn't ruin me to eat it, but I mean, it ruins the one who cooked it. So easy are we to find ourselves in a place of condemnation and find ourselves in a place of despair and find ourselves in a place where we get so down because the smallest thing seems like the biggest. Sometimes even in personal note, I could take my wife and give her a shake. Sometimes she's ah! seen a black sheet covered in black. She sees a white dot. She goes, look at that lovely white dot. We can make it all like that. And I'm saying, oh, look at the darkness, the blackness. She sees what can be done. Brothers and sisters, maybe you're sinking this morning. Don't look at the water. The water's only a drop in a bucket. The nations are as a drop in a bucket to the Lord. He is the God of the whole universe. He fills the heavens and the earth. Solomon says the heavens, even the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. He says, how much more am I going to build a house for you to worship in? He says, God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. You know where he's dwelling this morning? He's dwelling in you. So what is, that which is, what is that which is holding you back? Discouraging you so much? These wind and waves. You know, when fear comes, it's a terrible thing. And we showed you that God can come as man, he walks, God, as God, he walks upon the sea, as man, he sits on a boat. And however God comes, he's still God. Didn't take away from his deity. Still God. When Elijah heard about Jezebel, he runs. And he runs so far, he's under a juniper tree, saying, I know better than my fathers. I wish I was gone, I wish I was dead. And then he goes from there, he's strengthened by the an angel of the Lord, and he ends up in a cave. And he's standing in a cave, and he... He's a fearful man and he's away at the back of the cave and suddenly there's a, there's a fire and there's a wind and the rocks are renting and all these marvelous manifestations of nature are happening outside. He says, this must be the Lord. Look, oh God, you're coming. And it wasn't. It says the Lord was not in it. Then a still, small voice, way deep in here. What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Why are you fearful? If you go out on a sunny day, and we're not meant to look at the, I know, the sun um, with the naked eye, and you know you'd squint if you're even looking towards the bright sky, and if you put your hand over, up, in the air over where the sun would be and block it out, even that, it's difficult to look at and you shouldn't really do it. But if you do, your hand is only the small hand. It's a man's hand, a woman's hand. But yet, when you do that in front of your eyes, you can cover the whole of the sun. The whole of the sun, which is many million times bigger than the planet you're standing on. Yet you cover it and you see the light all around it and the brightness all around you. But the actual immediate brightness of the burning uh, bright ball of the sun in the sky, you've covered it with your hand. You know why? It's called perspective. Jezebel's one little word. I'm going to kill him. Covered like a hand over the sun, the whole of God's glory as it actually set fire to the altar and burned up the sacrifice the water and the stones of Elijah. Here's the glory of God. Here's who your God is, Elijah. Here's who your God is, Israel. And one little hand comes over the sun, as it were, of God's glory. And out of perspective covers it all. Brothers and sisters, what little hand is covering the glory of God for you? Sinking your boat. Let's get it in the perspective. It's only a small thing when you get in the perspective against our almighty God. It's only a little thing. Even the mountains. Even your Goliaths. Even Jericho's mighty walls. They all fall at the presence of God. Whether he speaks in a small voice or in a loud voice that says, let there be light and there was light. Whether he speaks in a small voice in the heart or a voice that spoke creation into being. For without him was not anything made that was made, John tells us. And whatever voice he speaks with, know this, brother, this morning, and it might be small, it might be quiet, it might be little in your life and in your heart right now, you're not seeing big manifestation. Though it be small, it's still yet as powerful. Though it be small, it is still yet as powerful. As powerful. The small word of God to you this morning is as powerful as the word of God that spoke this world into being. Do we ever think of it like that? So we're told that the Lord, he, he walks on water, he sits or he sleeps on a boat on the water. There was a great storm comes, he speaks, and then a great calm comes, and we are told you last week in verse 41, a great fear comes, for they feared exceedingly. Notice what it says in Psalm 39 and verse 4. The Lord in high is mightier than many waters, yea, than the mighty water waves of the sea. It's okay for you, psalmist. It's okay for you, David. You see, it's all right for you. you can write that because you're in the Spirit. Well, why are you not? You're in the new covenant. Psalm 89 and verse 9 says, Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, Thou stillest them. The raging of the sea, when the Lord came to them or when the Lord was sleeping in the ship, he stilled the raging of the sea. When fear comes, brother, when fear comes, sister, fear paralyzes you. If there's one thing the devil wants you to know is this. He wants you to know that if he can make you fear, he will paralyze your faith. The opposite of your faith is fear. And once you start to fear, then you start losing faith. I'm taking my time this morning and I'm, I'm being deliberate. Once you start to fear your faith starts to diminish because your faith your focus your sight and your vision of the Lord Jesus will be distracted. It's once been said fear F-E-A-R means false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Faith says, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all. I trust him. Jesus had spoken the word, he's asleep on the ship, and that word was as powerful when the waves were in the ship as it was when the waves were out of the ship. Do you see the word that you pray and the word that we preach and the word that we read and the word that we praise God for whenever we're on the mountaintop and when we're doing well and when we're feeling healthy and when we're feeling blessed and when we're feeling of plenty and we're feeling rich? Do you see that same word? It's exactly the same when you're in a sinking ship. But we find it harder to pray because fear takes us away from the faith of the word. But the power of the word remains the same. So when we're in our sinking ship, we need to find ourselves saying, Lord, I praise you. I worship you, Lord, because you told me I'm passing over. You told us we're not going under. Lord I thank you you have spoken your word you have a plan, you have a purpose, you know your thoughts toward me to do me good and to bring me to an expected end Lord I thank you Lord that you have known me from before the foundation of the world and that you have paid my debt I thank you Lord that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, I'm a new creation that all things have passed away, behold all things become new, I thank you Lord that even though it looks like we're sinking and it looks like you're sleeping and I can't waken you Lord to come and answer me I thank you your word has been spoken and forth, and it will not return unto your void. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have courage in the sinking ship to say, Lord, fear wants me to think I'm going under and we're going to die in this. But faith says, we're going over. Faith says we're going over. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the hope in the heart that the word that dwells richly in us is the word that carries us and passes us over. Fear paralyzes our faith when the storm and the wind comes it consumes our view of Christ in Matthew chapter 14 actually you can read it in Mark chapter 6 there's another storm Jesus isn't in the boat and that's when he comes walking to them on the waves of the sea but out of all of the out of all the gospels only Matthew 14 mentions about Peter walking on the sea for some reason the others don't Do you think that would be a tremendous thing to put in there I don't know why in Matthew 14, we're told that Peter says, Lord, if it be you, biddest thou me to come to walk thee in the sea. And The Lord says, Come. He had spoken it. It's me. Come. The idea is it's a commanding voice. You can come. I have said it. I have said it. You can come. And I'm sure Peter got out of that boat shaking, saying, I oh, know. I'm a little upside down here, Lord, but I'm believing because I see you and I know who you are. I'm getting out and walking here. And we're told he starts to walk on the sea and the wind became boisterous. Listen to what it says, Matthew 14 and 30. It says, And when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. In other words, the wind gathered up. The waves started to rise up around him. And the view that he had on the Lord Jesus was suddenly taken from him and put on the waves. Fear overcame his faith. Faith enabled him to do that which was impossible to him. Faith enabled him to walk upon that which others sink in. But he took his eyes of Christ. "Come on, now, brother, sister, listen. Is it not true? The Lord's already showing you. Why do we go cold in heart? Why do we become lethargic in our ways before God? Why do we become fearful when trial comes? Because we've taken our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the devil can attack you all he wants. But when your eyes are in Christ, you'll walk through it. If you want to walk in water, you've got to get out of the boat. Expect every step of faith to be opposed. And the closer you get to Christ you'll find that every form of distraction will come and for every single miraculous move and supernatural miracle that you see God do through your prayer and your faith in him, expect the seas to rise, the waves will roar and the wind will rage. And whether there's a stormy gale in your life or the beating waves are filling your boat, You don't lose focus. Don't lose sight. Keep your eyes upon the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Here we see the Lord is the one who writes the plans. Look, if I sit down to write a novel I don't read them sort of books either. I think it's men's imagination so I don't write it read them either. That's not against anybody who does. But whenever someone sits down to write a book they know the key players they know their characters they know the parts they'll play They know where they'll be in the book, and they know how it will finish. Such is your faith that from before the foundation of the world, he knew you, yet he loved you. He came to die for you. He saved you, and he has you in his plan. He has you in his purpose, and you are going over. He will keep you and finish or perfect your faith. The faith that you and I live on is not your faith and mine. The faith we live on is the faith of the Son of God. I'm closing. Thank you for your attention. In Mark four and thirty eight they say, Master, carest thou not that we perish. And let's be honest, how many of us have thought, Lord, do you not care? not care? Where are you? Do you not care, Lord? My ship, my boat's sinking here, Lord. Do you not care? Carest thou not that we perish? This is the same word here. It's the word melee, and it's for uh, carest. And it's the same in Luke 10 and 40 where Martha is busy about the kitchen, preparing the, the, the meal, and Mary sitting on his feet at the Just drinking in the presence of Jesus. Soaking in the word as he's speaking. And Martha says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Do you not care? Look at me working hard. Do you not care? we always need Marthas. We need up and doers. We need to get priorities. Not only perspective, but we need to get priority right. Christ first. we should esteem the words of his mouth more than our necessary food. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth from the mouth of God. His presence should be more than us, more to us, even as we sang this morning, this is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me. And we should be more concerned about that word that we spoke of at the start and grafting our souls. And by the way, the word makes you worship. If you don't know the word of God, you'll never know to worship the Lord. You know why? Because you don't know what you're worshiping him for. You'll not appreciate what he's done for you. You'll not appreciate whom he is. But when you know the word... Then you'll worship. I believe the word is the key to all worship, by the way. That's me personally. Because the word shows us who he is. The word tells us who he is. And the word shows us what he's done. And the word tells us who we are in him. And so when we know all that and put all that together and we realize it in the word, we start to worship, and then when we sing it, oh well sure. We're 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 ready for we're ready for heaven. We're Lord, come right now, we're in revival blessing. Get the word into you. Get the word in to your being. Do you not care? Of course he cared that she was doing all the work. But he says, see, Mary, here at my feet. See what she's having see what she's doing now? This thing will not be taken from her. In other words, she's he, hearing the word, it can never leave her. Sometimes we get so busy, even as a minister, you get so busy. With the work of the Lord, you forget the Lord of the work. And I put my hands up to that personally. And I have to draw myself in. And I'll get more done in five minutes in prayer than I will in five years of service. That's why we're having prayer meetings every night this week to seek His face. We're not going to have worship nights. It's not all worship nights. We're having prayer meetings straight down into prayer. You can sing if you want during it. but We're going to be praying, seeking His face. Brothers and sisters, let me finish. First Peter 5 and 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. So He does care. And the idea is to take your fishing net and throw everything like a fishing net away from you. Throw it on to him. My ship's sinking. Throw it to him. Because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. And the disciples looked at him and go, What manner of man is this? Do you ever think of him like that? You look at Jesus and say, Wow, what manner of man is this? He's the God-man. Son of God. The altogether lovely one. May God bless His word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen.